Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I'm your host, Justin Lamb, and this is our monthly bonus episode with licensed therapist Jenny Helms. And this month we are covering sex and relationships. That is a spicy topic. Uh, We actually got so enamored in this conversation that uh, we were talking after the recording and decided to make this into a little series. So this is part one. And the topics that you guys are going to hear about in this episode are going to be uh, given a deep dive. And we're going to expand this out into a four-part little mini-series. So look forward to next month when we when we jump really deep into one of the topics that we're touching on in this episode here. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. And this specifically, this episode... Um, especially with the series we're doing, any questions you guys have, any feedback you have, um, there are a number of surveys that I will be putting out. One of them is already out right now uh, about um, essentially knowing your own body and yourself. Uh, You can get it at Friend Request's Facebook page. And take the survey, submit questions, um, feedback, if you're feeling judged, uh, anything you guys have. I'd love to hear from you. And if you have any questions you want answered by a licensed therapist, I mean, this is a great opportunity to get that done. So without further ado, here's our resident therapist, Jenny Helms, discussing sex and relationships. I'm going to take over Loveline. We're going to bring that back. Dr. Drew can suck <laughs> <Love> it. Loveline. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, big things in my future. Um, So big. (laughs) That's what she said. That's a great segue (laughs) into today's topic. Yes. (laughs) Jenny, Uh, you know I have a page of notes. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Was I... I do, too. This is not a release that I stole from Kyle's pile. (laughs) No, you're fine. You have a license, and I will rely on you. (laughs) Let me tell you how much that means. Um... (laughs) You can call me out when I throw out things that are clearly incorrect. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm so excited about today's topic. And you want to dive in? Yeah, let's dive in. Woo! Um, all right, my personal favorite topic. <laughs> Sex and relationships. Uh, so I, have, I, have a, <laughs> I, I obviously have a lot to say here. Uh, we're going to be discussing techniques. No, that's not true. Um, <laughs> that's the best face I've seen. Like, what did I sign up for yeah. today? Um, oh, did you not? <laughs> did you not get the waiver I faxed over earlier? Um, <laughs> oh man. We're recording video. That's also false. Um, no, I do have. I do have. I bid, I made some broad topics, and then I have subtopics, mm-hmm. and then I have a lot of statements. I'm sure I'm going to make where I'm hoping you can call me out and say um, that can't be factual, Justin, because it's. Uh, yeah, a lot of my stuff is based on either books I read or stuff I've heard or just experience. And I got to say from the beginning right right now, uh, I will be using the phrase in previous relationships. I'm not going to be throwing anyone under the bus. <laughs> That's smart. Don't want to, yeah, be like, oh, did I tell you about what's her name? <laughs> she hates it when blah, 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 or something like that. Um, yeah, so I'll be saying that about anybody I reference. And then I'll be giving their phone numbers and email addresses, so you can follow. At the up end, yeah, <laughs> you'll match it to the yeah, to the I'll, story. <laughs> I'll tag them on Instagram. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, 
my goodness. I'll just, yeah, I yeah. probably, I like that boundary. I will probably do the same or I'll make it super general or yeah. it's going to weirdly be about a client that I, I've seen. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm sure you have <laughs> a lot no, of that too. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah no, I'm just going to tag all my ex-girlfriends. I'm like, you know, how can I get in touch with them? This is a great segue, I feel like. So <laughs> just look for that. Um, I'm going to give you my four main topics and then you can add to the list uh, if there's anything off the top of your head. But so I want to talk about knowing yourself and what you like, because I think that's super important. Um, Having an open mind, couples with different sex drives. I think Mm -hmm. you you turned me on to that topic, too, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, with some of your online content. Uh, I'm going to read this verbatim because I typed it this way. Uh, this final topic I wrote, porn is doing it wrong. Listen up, kids. Stop learning things from porn. <laughs> that's, that's the headline? That's that's the bullet point. That's the bullet point. <laughs> I like it. There's sub things <laughs> underneath it. But uh, where do you want to start? What's a, what's a good starting spot? Or did I not mention any topics that you thought we might cover today? No, those are great. I don't know that I necessarily have a chronological order things um hmm i'm really trying to be thoughtful about that but i guess i'm okay with just going down the line of of your current outline since i don't have a more thoughtful response at the moment well i didn't think of this as a starting point but when i think about what it represents i suppose it is um but knowing yourself and what you like Mm -hmm. um in my experience in previous relationships (laughs) In my experience, it's, I mean, that has been detrimental to the success or failure. Uh, I guess I shouldn't use the term failure, but like uh, whether or not, you know, both parties are enjoying that sex life. Um, if you're not familiar with your own body and your own desires and what feels good and what doesn't feel good, which might be more important, um, mm-hmm. then how can you expect to enjoy yourself? in the bedroom if you can't like literally enjoy yourself in the bedroom so uh, I actually and I got really wrapped up in that topic recently I was listening to and I sent you did you listen to that episode it's so good um, I did yeah <laughs> yeah I said Dr. Emily Morris who has a podcast called Sex with Emily uh, dove into that like a little bit on an interview she did I think it was on Armchair Expert um, and I, I really enjoyed that and it touched on a lot of things that I think are really overlooked, especially tying that into like pornography and the things that we like learn, and especially women. I feel bad for women because guys, most guys, like you can rub against a piece of furniture the wrong way and be like, oh, I get it. Uh, whereas like uh, women, especially any like if you learn off pornography or anything, it's like the things you probably expect to enjoy versus what women actually enjoy. Um it are worlds apart. So, uh, obviously I'm, I'm the guy saying that. So I don't, you're nodding your head. So I assume you agree. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, and I think just culturally too, women don't tend to talk. I mean, I'm not saying this doesn't happen now, but I would say depending on your cultural background, it's what sex even represents or means. Yeah. Um, and, if it's okay to even talk about that or taboo, like I think it's different gender wise. There's, there's that layer, but also just different cultures have different views on sex and what it means and a woman's role. Um, so I think all of those things at like those layers add up to 
have you even let your brain go there? Yeah. Yeah, I mean. And I mean, yeah. I, I mean, just speaking from my own background, growing up Mormon, can you imagine <laughs> what sex means to a an LDS woman? Like, it's not really supported that you explore anything. Yeah. Or the mention of, I don't even think pleasure is ever mentioned. Um, it's a real bummer. And, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's. Yeah, it's very much like your role and more about um, multiplying and replenishing the earth is literally a phrase that I remember. Um, and I'm not saying that any I'm not saying that the intent of, of building large families are, is a bad one or that that's a bad goal for any person. But it was just so limiting and like, hey, we're not going to talk about sex outside of these specific areas and it just was not a thing you talked about. And I, I, yeah, it didn't, there was a lot of shame involved with sexuality and being sexy because there was all these notions of modest is hottest, you know, like yeah. it's, that was literally another like yeah. modest I, is hottest. I know that and, phrase. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And like this badge of honor, if you'd never kiss somebody like, you know, virgin lips and all these different things where it was like, you were glamorizing these things which really had to do with self-restraint. And it's like, how is someone even supposed to get intimate and messy and like delve their delve in deep with their partner Yeah. when all they've been taught is self-restraint and that those things are bad or, you know, or even just question mark there. Yeah. I feel like that's a, that's not only Mormonism. I mean, there's a lot of religion. I just interviewed someone. They didn't like live together or do anything until they were married. And while like, if that's your thing, that's cool. I'm not I'm not judging you for that. I'm just saying, like, in today's, the more our society and and culture opens up to being open, um, the the more I would question, like, are you what, like, are you doing that for the right reasons? You know, if are you, yeah. is it something you were shamed into as a child, and that's that's the values that you know, or. Yeah. Or even once they do get married, like I've, like, I've literally heard stories and within the LDS religion, of course, there's other religions and cultures that this happens to too, where, um, the association of shame is still there. Or just other associations where sex is not fun or just doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, like people I've known where they've gotten married and it was like, yeah, also still not gonna like, this isn't working for me. Yeah. So it's really interesting how, um, how powerful messaging, meaning making, our brain's interpretation of it is. Yeah, yeah, and I, I you're tying into a, a few other things I wanted to hit on, um, but before, just before I move on from knowing yourself and what you like, <laughs> just the other, my other bullet points: um, get to know your own body. I think that uh, is probably associated more with women, um, and I've people I've previously been with, uh, have definitely struggled in that department. Um, like I think go, I mean, go nuts, masturbate, feel, see, see what feels good. What doesn't feel good. Uh, for a lot of women, penetration doesn't mean shit. <laughs> like it's, and that's like a common misconception. We can talk more about that during porn, but, um, and then this, this has been a big one in a lot of my relationships. Why have I been in so many relationships? Well, that's a different episode. Um, <laughs> that's a different. <laughs> but be confident in telling your partner uh, what you like and or like how to do what you like. Uh, I think there's a lot of like embarrassment and again shame that goes into like 
even having that conversation with the person that you've committed to spending the rest of your life with in a lot of cases. And it's just like, it's okay. Like just have, have that talk. And, um, that kind of segues right into some of the stuff you were kind of talking about. And well, before we do, I I, can, I touch on some things there. I, not only is it important we communicate it and like also, um, I mean, depending on our partner, they might want you to do it one way or another, but to be, to be nice about it. Um, you can be like, it not like you can't say it, but like be nice about it too. Cause if you become demanding, that's, yeah. that's another extreme. The other piece is to be receptive to your partner when they say it, because sometimes when, because, okay, again, because like all of our different layers of how we interpret things, sometimes when our partner tells us, Hey, don't do that, do this instead it can be seen as rejection or yeah. shame. Yeah. And so learning how we can like be open to that and knowing like it's a, it's okay that our, it's a good thing our partner is sharing this. In fact, it's them being vulnerable enough to yeah. like share this part of themselves with us. And like, I don't know, it's this weird notion that we expect that we're supposed to be like sex gods and goddesses and know exactly what our partner wants with every relationship like you know everyone's so different right and so it's good that they're sharing like hey this is what I'm into or let's just try this it shows their vulnerability with you um because yeah it goes both ways where it's like a partner may not say it and just like expect their partner to to know and read their mind um and then on the other hand just like being offended when your partner does share what they like you know what I mean but any either of those things can really just like ruin that what could be so, you know, intimacy building and connecting. Yeah. And that that's the next topic is having an open mind. Oh, boom. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's, God, uh, I'm trying to like think if, if I've had a, like an adult relation, an adult sexual relationship where that hasn't played a role. And I don't think I have, cause it's, it's just um, like labels or, uh, worrying about like it's the weirdest thing to me that people can get into a situation with their partner like an intimate closed door bedroom situation and somewhere in their head they're thinking oh I don't want to do that what would people think why would people ever know <laughs> like, um, like that that shame that that uh that worry of judgment that pops into your head and um, I feel like if you're if you're with somebody that's open and accepting you don't you shouldn't have to worry about that judgment coming from them so then if you're if they're not the ones judging you and it's just you two like eh, don't worry about it um Mm. does that make sense but yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) like it's well and i think it's that uh i mean it's a bigger systemic issue of of caring what others people think regardless right like and not trusting your own intuition or wisdom Right. Like, cause it's like, well, maybe other people aren't fun. Um, <laughs> you know, or, maybe, or it's not even judging other people. It's just yeah. to know that like you are the expert on you and what's best for you Yeah, and others aren't. And like, this is, this is your moment of like intimacy and exploration. And you're supposed to do things that are awkward or weird or experimental because where else do we have the safety to do that? Yeah, I am. Right. I am gung ho about having fun and being experimental. Yeah, I, call I that mean, my twenties. Um, I call that my twenties. <laughs> you got all the jokes today. <laughs> it's all it's, it's, it's all overlying uh, real as, real aspects with yes. 
And for a second, I thought you were going to be like real ass trauma or yeah. <laughs> like, I, mean, I was I'm like, I'm sure oh, there's some of that just dribbled <laughs> in too. Um, but no, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, the, having an open mind, I also wrote, don't be quick to judge your partner's past life. Um, so that's, I mean, you can, you can imagine based on stuff I've talked about in this podcast alone, like I've had, I mean, I've had an adventurous life in, in under certain categories. And so when people get hung up on like, uh, the, the infamous, your number, uh, <laughs> whatever yes. your number is, or yes. just your overall experience, um, and, and what that looks like, it's, it can be frustrating at best because <laughs> because so it doesn't matter let me ask the therapist question Ooh, yes <laughs> let me, please let me pull the therapist card. why we have you here jenny <laughs> what what do you think that's really about when a partner oh, I th- that? uh 100 uh, insecurities because what they're what are they really trying to communicate like is that going to impact how you see me is that like is that going to impact our intimate like what is it is it is insecurity but it's like their it's their way of communicating like I want to know that I'm safe with you in the bedroom right and that I'm not going to be compared right or like you know what I mean like I think it's it's like I'm not not defending it necessarily I'm, I'm saying that I it's just an it's just an opportunity to explore deeper it's like what is it that you would need to feel what is this really about? Like, what is this, what is it you would need to feel comfortable with me? Cause truly it's not actually about the number or what I've done sexually or not done or whatever. Like that's yeah. none of that's relevant to this present moment yeah. and what you're needing. Yeah. Right. So, cause it, I think that happens, like you said, it happens a lot. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's funny. I think this, I think Dr. Emily brought this up in that podcast where it's um, like, when guys think about the previous guys that girls have been with, they're like, Oh, they probably had the biggest dick ever. <laughs> like, that's probably not true. Um, but then the, the opposite seems to be true. Like, Oh, she did like when the girl thinks about it, like, Oh, she must've done all the stuff that I don't do. Or there's just so many insecurities tied with it. And I feel like a lot of stuff you mentioned just falls under the umbrella of insecurity. Um, and it might be more individually based as far as like what it, what the underlying thing is of that insecurity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just, I've seen it a lot. I've heard about it from friends. I've heard about it in books and it's just, uh, yeah, that, that famous number. And then just like your overall experience, everyone seems to be wrapped up in like, Oh, what did the previous partner do? And it's just like, what, what does that matter? <laughs> like, yeah. uh, it doesn't matter. And if you guys are open with each other, hopefully you can have the conversation about, like going back to my first point, like what you like and what you don't like. So then it doesn't really matter what the previous person did. Cause now you're that person and you guys are having that conversation. Yeah. And then I think there's also like, cause I think of um, just some of the messaging trauma that I had, whether it was religious or family-based or whatever, like where um, I've seen it and I've noticed it in clients. Um, there's this weird thing where you might associate one thing with another, even if they're not relevant. Yeah. So even in like, I know this happened a lot in the LDS religion where it's like, well, if somebody would do this, then it shows that they're more likely to do this or, you know, something else. And I think for some people, it it really triggers their trust um, and securities in that way, because they might have, they might have really like been taught 
to believe that somebody who is super promiscuous is more likely to cheat or is more likely to whatever. I think that's what people get hung up on is they weirdly attach like, hey, you've been with, we'll just say like 100 partners. So the likelihood of me being able to trust that you'll be faithful goes down. Like their trust, it's almost they like associate it with like trust and security. Yeah. Yeah, Right. And yeah. And I'll, and I'm like only sharing that because there were legitimate things I was taught as a kid. Like if you do this, then you're more likely to do this. And it's really messed with my psyche of how I've had to rewrite stories that were written in childhood and like fear mongering of like trying to make sure that we all, um, didn't sin or didn't, you know, do certain things because if we did one thing that was like, they would equate, like they would equate things. And again, I don't know if I just had some weird LDS leaders, but they would equate things to, um, like death even like, or not death, uh, being a murderer, oh. like, like things like, like sexual sin to murder. And it's like, that's, that's a little extra. Um, <laughs> that's a little much. So again, I'm just, I'm just trying to think from like, that perspective, being self-aware, is it about something that it's really not about? Yeah. Yeah. Jenny's sugarcoating it. What they said is if you give oral, you will die and you will (laughs) be equivalent to someone that murdered. (laughs) And uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think it was quite that. I'm like, if any of them are listening, they're like, um, I didn't say that, but it was, it was, it was stuff just like, you know, a lot of sexual sin is, is equivalent to being a murderer essentially. So not in the eyes of the law, thankfully. Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Uh, having an open mind. The last thing I wrote on there is just sexuality. Um, I mean, especially in today's day and age, and, and I think with every generation, there's a little bit more fluidity and, and less judgment. Um, yeah, that's all I was going with that. Uh, and there, I think there's there's one word that's going to tie all this together. You might already know it, listeners. Call in now. Um, but the, the next topic is couples with different sex drives. Mm-hmm. And... This is something that I've discussed uh, with some people and books and podcasts, so many. I have a list here at the end. I'll tell you guys what I recommend um, that I've read and stuff. But uh, this is something that you brought up on social media. And so I wanted to kind of get your thoughts around it at first, especially as a professional and stuff you might have seen in your own clients and what that looks like. Yeah. Yeah. So there's so many, okay. First of all, different sex drives is like more common than not. Like it's everybody. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, it's almost rare that you'd find a couple that's like, Hey, our sex drives are always on point. Like, and we're synchronized. It's almost like saying they like orgasm at the same time. It's like, who are you unicorns? (laughs) Um, like, so it's weird because I feel like people, they hold that weird expectation. I'm like, that is rare. And yeah. maybe coincidental. Like, it's, yeah. Basically, as as far as, like, all the other pieces that contribute to our sex drive, like, there's so many different parts. And that's why I think it makes it so rare for it to be completely on point. Because there's biological factors. There's psychological factors. There's hormonal like I mean that goes back to the bio but like there's just like you know the medications you're taking the food you're eating throughout the day random stuff like that contributes to your and and there are some gender differences where um and even person to person differences so I I don't want to necessarily say gendered because we see this within genders as well 
um, where some people just biologically have this predisposition to warm up quickly and some warm up slowly. And it's like, if anything interrupts that process, then they're like, they're out of it. And that's, and that's actually a biological factor. So there's, there's just so many different pieces. And, and I think one of the big pieces too, is not just the, the parts that contribute to it, but how you respond to it. So how you respond to your partner having a different sex drive on either part, like if you, if it's a shaming thing, if it becomes like the minute you sense they might reject you, you're, you switch, right? So it's sometimes, you know, your partner might be like, um, eh, in the mood, but then they might be able to get into the mood. But if you're like, oh, they're kind of eh, and that like hurts my feelings, then you're just going to immediately sink that opportunity. Right. So it's, it's actually the ways that we respond to our partner whether it is like, hey, we're just not going to have sex this time, but it sets us better up for next time um, versus, you know, oh, we might actually, this might still turn into us having sex, but don't be surprised when your partner's not like meow and like ready to go and like, you know what I mean? So it's like yeah. that weird, like when you respond with feelings of rejection or anxiety, weirdly, that's a total buzzkill. That's not foreplay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. And so there's, there's all these, it's like how we respond to it. And then all these other factors that contribute. So it's like, we have to look at these different angles. So if anybody has an issue with that, I'm like, well, you really do need to like break it down and understand what might be impacting that. Yeah. I mean, and that that's something I, I was going to tie in eventually too, is like, uh, God, I've had the, this sad truth is I've had a number of partners, um, that have had, some form of sexual trauma in their past. Um, I mean, you might know like numbers more than me, but I think more women than like have some sort of sexual trauma than don't because men are fucking disgusting. Um, and, and it's, it's just, uh, it sucks for everybody involved, like especially, you know, later on in life and, or any, at any point in life. I, I mean, it's just, I, I guess I'm bouncing around, but like, <laughs> They, like that impacts somebody, you know, for I've, I've had sexual abuse in my past that's impacted me in different ways, not in the, like in this specific way, but, uh, a lot of women I've been with that have had sexual trauma, like that impacts their feeling of safeness, their feeling of how they like, how you relate sex to intimacy or, um, um, vulnerability or whatever that looks like because of that trauma that they've had. And I say that from a point of like and then they haven't talked to anybody about it that's my end goal of me talking in circles right now is like mm-hmm. therapy can be helpful in this as well because like you mentioned earlier with the insecurities there could be something underlying that's coming out during sex uh, or even the act of like trying to get to that point that you're not dealing with um mm-hmm. And that might be more of a body response too. Like I, I just would cue in people. If you notice that like you want to have sex, like almost like mentally you're kind of in that space, but then you notice your body starts to shut down and you feel a lot of anxiety from more like your body and not something that's happening. Like you're not thinking, Oh, I'm getting anxiety because I feel rejected right now. It's more like just general anxiety that pops up. Yeah. That's probably pretty indicative of trauma or some sort of trauma response to that for whatever reason. Um, and it could go both ways, by the way. I know, I'm sure you probably already know this, where people can either struggle to have sex and have like what they call like sexual anorexia due to sexual trauma. 
they could also be hyper sexualized as well and yeah. be um, more into sex than they really would have been. Yeah. So there's it. There's two sides of that coin as far well, as how it exhibits. Isn't there? Uh, <laughs> if I sound terrible during this, I'll take this entire section out. But isn't there like two primary responses to like if you were raped, you mm-hmm. there's either you shut down completely or you get like extra promiscuous to maintain that control that you didn't have during that scenario is that am i way off base there no i think you're i i'm not gonna narrow it down necessarily to two only because i don't know i just don't know enough about that piece but that's very commonly seen like one or the other typically yes yeah yeah for Um, sure yeah, every person is different and will have different stages of arousal throughout their entire life. That's, that's my sentence I wrote under couples with different sex drives. Uh, I'm just curious your thoughts on this. I wrote, I'll just say I wrote, it's not a bad thing, um, but scheduling sex when you do have mm-hmm. something like that, because sometimes it's it's a time of day thing or someone's busy or and it just turns into, it almost feels like a maybe for one of the parties like a chore or it's just like... So where where are you at, at, like, from a therapist's point of view on scheduling it like that? I think it's it's the meaning-making, right? So some people look at that and they're like, that is so not sexy, yeah. right? They're like, screw that. I don't want to play in sex, blah, blah, blah. But I actually think it's awesome in the sense that, like, if somebody's, like, I mean, it shows that both partners are willing and wanting to do that and, like, willing to take time to pursue that. Right. And I'm like, there's, that's actually really, it means that it matters to them and it's really important and they want to like open up time for that. So I, I find it to be really, um, I mean, it's a, I see it as a positive thing. Not that you have to do that, but like, if you find that like you not scheduling means it happens less, yeah, like that's you basically saying, I want to open up more opportunities for this to happen more (laughs) and let's make it. And I prioritize this. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a beautiful thing. But I do think a lot of people, for some reason, they're they um, they really don't like that. They like shut that idea down because they think that it's not sexy or got to be spontaneous every time. Yeah, yeah. like there's something wrong with y'all if you do that. Like, I don't know. It's weird. Which is funny because I think of like a bunch of movies pop into my head where it's just like, oh, yeah, it's Friday night. Like that's the night me and you know whoever get down or whatever, like whatever, whatever <laughs> that. I, I have like a specific scene in my head and I can't think of the, what the movie is. Um, but kind of like a Will Ferrell and old school situation where it's just like they would they would uh, kind of have that planned out. Just like oh, it's Saturday, we're gonna go to Costco and then uh, watch Home Box Office. <laughs> you mean HBO? It's not just TV. It's not just TV. Okay. Uh, I think I just quoted three movies in one, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> yep. Do you find that uh, scheduling sex out is a good thing if people have like anxiety around sex? I don't know because it depends because even scheduling it doesn't necessarily mean that it takes away that whatever like yeah. the stimulus is for their anxiety and it's their looming doom <laughs> i know i'm like i'm not really sure i don't, I don't it depends i would i would imagine um i don't know i feel like that's more to just be explored in the moment and to give themselves like a ton of grace because that that's the thing too you talk about an open mind but i'm like also don't judge yourself for this process not being 
like it is in the movies. And yeah. we're going to talk about that, I know, so I don't want to segue <laughs> too far. But I'm like, that's the next gosh, topic. <laughs> we just we just like totally analyze ourselves the entire time, and like you know what I mean. Like that yeah. is a freaking buzzkill. It really is. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, and it's it's funny because I uh, I definitely had that mindset, like you know when you're when you're younger super inexperienced like the the like late teens early 20s and you're just trying to figure it out and uh i would always pride myself on my on my analytics because i'd be like i want to do better um and then why why though let me ask you that that i mean that's interesting too like why do people have to be so good in the bedroom like what does that mean i mean so my focus uh (laughs) dive deep down the therapy hole right now but like uh you know, until very recently when I started really assigning value to myself, um, my focus was on, on the woman completely, like hundred percent. I wanted to, I like, I wanted to be, I wanted that to be the best experience ever for in that moment, like not best experience ever, but like, you know, best it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so that's where I was always like, I really wanted people to say, uh, here, let me, let me explain this with a movie. Like I normally do. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the movie Chasing Amy, <laughs> but it's two of the characters are talking about one's a lesbian and one's a straight guy. And they're talking about going down on girls. And uh, the guy's like, yeah, I just wish they'd like give me some direction. Like, am I doing this right? Should I what am I am I doing this wrong? Um, and she's like, oh, no, I'm out there like an air traffic controller with the cones. I'm like, go this way, go this way, like go back, go, go deeper. Um, and, and that's. It's funny and the scene's amazing, but that was like what I was looking for. Is like, why? Yes, just tell me, tell me exactly. Cause that's, I wanted to, in my mind, and I know this isn't true now, but in my mind, it was like, if you, if I can find out from this selection of women of like the best way to do these things, it'll work for everybody, <laughs> which I know that mm-hmm. it, it is not a one size fits all thing. Uh, I learned that later in my life, but at the time that's what that's what i wanted to do and that's why i was so concerned about it because i wanted to find out how to do it every <laughs> task <laughs> it's like what do i call well, these things um yeah the best. yeah but like what let me ask you like because i'm curious because i'm sure this is something a lot of people feel and i'm like this might just be helpful like because it's i think it's a cultural thing that we weirdly like want to like do it well or have to do it the best or like have to be the best you know, sexual partner, but like, what is that? Like, why does it matter that you're great or it's the best experience? Like, why is that? I, I don't know if I can the end of the day, give a global you know? answer for that. I think for me, especially at the time, it was just like, I want, I want, I want to be good at something or like it was, uh, I don't know. Um, mm. God, I can, I can dive down a hole. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> that, <laughs> that was uh, good. <laughs> yeah. We, no, you I'm, knew that there had to be some sex jokes along the oh way. Oh, like God, that's, so many. That's just part of it. No, I, I guess uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to explain this without. So I'll, uh, I'm just not going to say anything. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, we could just leave it there. I think it's just a good question, like for all of us. Like, yeah. if we have any sort of ideas around that, I think women too, there's an, a layer of, um, and I'm not speaking for all women, but I work yeah. a lot with women that struggle with their body image. Yeah, And I feel like part of their narrative too, because I don't know if this is the same thing for, I feel like there's performance narratives, like I want to perform well, but then there's also like, I want to look hot while I'm doing this like narratives too, or like I want to look super sexy or like, you know what I mean? And it's so, 
interesting of like why like asking ourselves why that's so important yeah at the end of the day like what is sex actually about what is it yeah I what mean, does it mean to us and our partner yeah. you know, like, okay what? i was gonna say if, what is that about i don't know reproduction i guess that's <laughs> stupid but yeah i mean it's interesting to just see the narratives in our culture that, and how they impact us and where we were at in our lives and why we might have felt one way or another yeah. right um because yeah like whether you're other focused or self-focused or I don't know. It's interesting. But... <laughs> Whether or not, yeah, it doesn't matter. In the end, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I would, so it's interesting. You talked about like, what's the point of sex? And like more recently in the last like three years and even just the development of me growing and learning as a therapist, like, and working with couples and working in different ways. Um, it's about, I mean, to me, I see it about intimacy and attachment. It's connection. And the other stuff is just like kind of like content and the, the like the real meat of it is the process is like what we're the true like how we're receiving each other and being vulnerable and yeah. intimate and um, that looks different ways for different people. But one of like the funny things they talked about was how many people don't have sex with their eyes open or like they're looking at their partner like most and even like with kissing. It's so interesting. It's like to have your eyes open while you're kissing. Like if you've ever tried it, yeah, it's, it's weird, super, super awkward. weird. <laughs> but it's actually like more intimate when you think about it. And the reason why it's like we're almost like avoiding yeah. making eye contact with our partner. Yeah. Um, but they actually, I mean, there's actually been some like interesting theories about like it's important that as we develop and as we get, they say actually the people that have the best sex are those in their 50s and 60s because they're just like. You mean, I got to wait another 20 years. (laughs) Just a lot of the stupid cultural barriers are dropped or I don't even quite know the extent of why, but they were saying that like, because it was funny, like they, they did all this research and they were like, oh yeah, it's going to be those young 20 somethings that have the best sex. And it was actually the, the older folks. And I'm like, kind of makes sense in a way, because like you said, like your, your, our, our brains, um, And our ideas around sex just kind of like get in the way when we're young. Yeah. Right. And I think it's about performance and like ego and like other stuff, you know, you lose a little inhibitions the older you get, I think, too. Um, Yes. And it's okay to like and you get more like comfortable. I'll, I'll speak for myself, but I feel like I've gotten more comfortable being in a space of like it's okay to like be in tune with your own pleasure and like what you want and um, explore that. Be more open minded. Yeah. Right. Um, and yeah, I don't know. There's, there's some interesting things that I've even like, it was kind of a game changer for me as far as like the eyes open stuff and like actually being able to like, I've done both. (laughs) I I would, Mm -hmm. I always explain it like, uh, I mean, regular run of the mill sex and then like (laughs) to not to sound cheesy, but like making love, like if your if your eyes are open, um, and it's not it's not an every time thing, but it's mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, there's definitely a more intimate connection when that's happening. It can definitely stray into the realm of awkwardness, <laughs> but yes. it's uh, but it's vulnerable too. Like yeah. when you let your when you let yourself be like, I think of like people being goofy, right? Like yeah, that's gotten not... in, that's got me in trouble in the bedroom. <laughs> really? Oh, I mean, with myself more than anything. I have, like, uh, well, okay, so not in the bedroom necessarily. Yeah. So just as a general, like, it's like letting yourself be seen a little bit, like with your partner, like 
most people like don't get to see all of my goofy parts, but my partner gets to see my real goofy parts. Like, I mean, sometimes yeah. he's like, no one is here and I'm embarrassed. Like, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he gets to see like me being super, it's like that vulnerability, but just like that in the bedroom, like when we experiment and let ourselves be awkward or say, let's try this thing. It's like, it's like that vulnerability of like, this is something that you only really share with your partner. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Not completely. like, Hey, I'm going to like crack a joke in the bedroom. <laughs> yeah. No, I've done that before. Uh, but the thing I wanted to mention earlier, and I wanted to wait till we got through that topic, was knowing yourself and what you like, having an open mind, couples with different sex drives. I feel like all three of those, like like everything with a couple, can be summed up into the word communication. <laughs> Whether that's communicating with yourself or communicating with your partner, I, like a lot of the the issues under those topics can be avoided if you're just communicate if you're open about the communication part. You seem a little agreeable, but maybe a little, you um, want to fight me on that. <laughs> no, I just, I think it's, um, yes and. Hmm. I think communication is important. Um, I think each partner being aware of how their attachment wounds show up in the bedroom or different, like other, their trauma, like how it shows up yeah. in the bedroom is also important because the problem is if somebody isn't aware of that and they're communicating things, it could still, again, through that trauma lens, A, they may not receive things very well, or B, they may say, oh, I want this thing sexually, but it's really from a place of trauma. Yeah. Does, does that make sense? So that's right. where I'm like, yes, and. Like, I, I think when it's like know thyself, it's not only know thyself in your pleasure zones, but it's like know thyself and your... Know your baggage. Um, know your baggage, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And why, like, you might project certain things onto your partner, yeah. you know, and... You know what's real fucked up? And you know, this is a perfect segue into the topic. Porn is doing it wrong. Listen up, kids. Stop learning things from porn. What is happening with porn these days? I don't want to sound like an old man here. But... <laughs> Sometimes I say things and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so old. No, it, but like, it's... Kids these days. I'll tell you, it, it kind of freaks me out and I'm glad in that aspect I'm not a parent right now. Because it's just like, mm. there is... Things have gotten... A little, little out there on the, mm-hmm. the, on the homepage of your common website. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to just talk about porn and the expectations that people are getting from it, like as teenagers and, and, and adults, um, and how, how wrong it is, how everything's wrong about that. The, the similarities I drew here is the same way that top actors are like, the best like you know your your brad pitts and your angelina jolie and your jennifer aniston's um porn stars are going to be like the same way like a lot of you know people will watch porn and expect that from their their reality and in so many ways that's that's wrong (laughs) like both in technique and uh look and so many things there's so many terrible things to learn from pornography drives me nuts mm-hmm. um yeah well yeah like visually things are not like what they are um i think too just like i think it sets us up for feeling like failures if we're not like sex gods and sex goddesses yeah. even or just even like misunderstanding how foreplay works because like foreplay i don't know as far as i've seen it's more just like hey and like clunky two people just start going at it. And it's like, that's not how yeah. these 
like organs work like yeah. <laughs> or like for women too to feel or or men to feel shame if their you know sexual organs aren't like ready to go yeah like immediately or the other person being like why aren't your sexual organs ready to go is it about me is my <laughs> sounds like is my the, sexual organ not good enough like sounds like the worst scripted <laughs> why aren't your sexual organs ready to go um that's i'm sorry that's that's just that's the funniest thing i've ever heard i know you're trying to be general but it just uh, makes it funnier welcome. um, um <laughs> yep uh, i'm also a stand-up comedian in my spare time awesome uh, no i actually the funny part is i'm like whenever i'm not trying to be funny that's when people are like that's hilarious i'm like damn it I'm trying to be so analytical right now yeah you know what yeah I, here's here's just a <laughs> snippet that i think is often overlooked um I mean, I know I it's just there's so many things that you don't talk about with your friends. And, and so you never like learn anything. But so I got uh, I got a semen analysis because we were trying to have kids. And mm-hmm. I was reading these like the normal range of things and volume. So like how much per ejaculate, right? Like that's mm-hmm. your volume. The normal amount like if I, I don't have like a container to show, not that we're recording this anyway, but like, like, wait, how do we, is so small. And I think back, like uh, my mind races through like, you know, 15, 20 years of like watching porn. I'm like, who are these people? Like, that's yeah. not, so it just goes back to like, they don't hire like, you know, your average Joe person to do movies like that. Like it's, it's not, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they well, and they will do certain things to their orifices before they do stuff. Oh yeah. To like make it appear like it's happening naturally, but it's not. Like yeah. they're literally like it's almost like they're kind of like brilliant. Um, it's almost like a horror movie where they're like making things <laughs> like you know what I mean. Like they're like they're really crafting stuff and making us believe in this kind of like yeah reality. And and part of that too is so like you know porn and all the weird fetishes and like things getting so over the top like it being dramatized yeah. it's almost like so dramatic that like it's because our the the novelty feature is what keeps people attached to it that's what keeps people coming back so they know that so everything's super dramatized yeah. Yeah. And like for women too, it's like, um, like, am I supposed to have orgasms in those weird positions? Like, or, you know, yeah. and the question women have about, you oh know, God. which women ejaculate, which ones don't shame around. Like, there's just so many like weird, there's just so many weird things that like, it sets you up to feel like, oh shit, something's wrong with me. Or like, you know, I don't yeah. know. I, I, I'm obviously just speaking from my limited experience. No, but I, I, you're exactly right. And I, I feel like it's funny growing up as as a guy um there was i I don't know where i was going with this there's (laughs) i I felt a little bad for guys that were learning from porn because it's like this fucking i don't know just jam it in but (laughs) like it's it's aggressive and it's it's quick and it's uh yeah shame but then like as I got older and realized that, because I went through a whole period in my life where I was like, girls don't watch porn. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, that's funny. And then finding out that all these women are learning from porn, it's like, oh my God, what are you learning? 
how to like hate your sex life <laughs> like what 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 positive outcome could yes. possibly come from this yeah yes. it's just masochism. like masochism yeah uh-huh. <laughs> it, well it's it's yeah. just like uh and i'm not i'm not like talking shit about porn stars i mean it's a job go do like do your thing that's you i'm just saying like yeah. women as characters in in pornography are typically like an object that's just being used in there but they act like they're getting pleasure out of everything which is very confusing to everyone that's trying to gain any insight from it um mm-hmm. yeah but no that i'm gonna branch off on a tangent because it freaks me out and from especially from like a therapeutic mind it concerns me greatly that like the thing that i constantly see trending if i occasionally go on to something is like family themed stuff oh. and i'm like what is happening right now in this like globally <laughs> where this is like the number one thing i don't it freaks me out so much uh like i i grew up with god there was that's i mean it's part of my issue is i was exposed to all that shit super early on but i don't really ever ever remember anything that was family themed it's so fucked up to me and it all that yeah. so, that just says to me like there's generations that are just filled with trauma that are seeking that out like it's, it's so fucked up i can't yeah, I don't yeah. understand it. Well, and there's a, I think it's, I mean, when you take a big picture and you take the the shame and the like, you know, guilt and the fact that, you know, culturally, I mean, I, and I agree culturally, that's not an okay thing. Um, all those things are true. And I think when it's morphed into that for people, it's, it's a power and control issue. Yeah. It's an attachment wound issue. Right. And so I think it's a weird way of like working, not that it should be the way they work it out, but like a weird, it gets their brain into that mode, power control, novel, that sort of thing. I think it's because it's unfortunately, again, as our, for a lot of people, this is my, um, again, I'm, I'm speaking from limited experience because it's not an area of specialty for me. I'm yeah. just going to keep it real, like <laughs> pornography and all that stuff. Like yeah. I don't, none of this is medical advice. To, like, <laughs> say like, here or there but in my experience of those that have struggled with porn addiction it it is this sense of like you know it it just kind of gets weirder and weirder or like you have to look at newer and different things because things just stop working it's like like any addiction the same thing doesn't do it for you anymore you have to get more like yeah yes yeah so it's that can't keep doing that one gram of coke again eventually you're going to be up to two or three four yes Yeah. yeah and and i think just generally with with that it's like there's a lot of themes of power and control. You know what I mean? Like I think yeah. you see that kind of reflected not all the time, but that's a general theme I see in a lot of those different porn things, especially the ones that are like, I'm going to take control of you or one partner or the other, like, or one person, you know, it's, you should go into acting. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> But yeah, no, I I, I, uh, I was, I was briefly in California. Um, no, just so, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I, I, I see it through uh, that lens. Like, what does this mean about how I see power and control? Yeah. But I, I mean, that still goes with my overall concern that like, there's an entire generation of that's like badly wounded. Yeah. It frightens me. The internet frightens me. When I think about things like this, the internet scares the fuck out of me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not, I mean, yes, it is scary that it's maybe potentially, um, 
enhancing what's already there. But I, I think this was a thing that people struggled with prior, but they just, they, it manifested in different ways. Like, I just see this as like another way that it manifests. Yeah. Um, Does that make sense? Yeah. So and it's, I, I don't think it's like a generational, like all of a sudden this generation is like super wounded, has power and control issues, but I think the accessibility, the accessibility to the curiosity is the thing that mm. scares me. Cause like, if you go back, you know, 20 years, even, um, if someone was curious about something and I'm not, I don't want to like pass judgment. And I know I already have about a couple themes cause I'm like, you shouldn't fuck your family. I mean, there, I said it <laughs> like that's, but, um, there's like it, it, that, for instance, that you would have to spend a good amount of time seeking that out before you could find anything. But now if there's anything you can come up with in your head or like you can find it. And because mm-hmm. people monitor search results and everything, if you do look up stuff, there becomes a market for it. So then they create it if it's not already there. So then you just have this marketplace of like random searches for nasty shit. <laughs> it's just like, and it, it so then the, the accessibility to the stuff you might've had like a passing curiosity about, is just right there and because people click on it more of it gets made and then it like it's just a really scary cycle does that make sense yes yeah. okay i'm hearing <laughs> you because that d- definitely does make sense especially if it's like somebody's just like scrolling through and then what i'm guessing like based on my experiences like i'm, I'm not a big porn watcher i'll just keep it real um <laughs> so i'm like i think this is how it works um like what aren't there like pop-up ads too and like sometimes like you'll scroll down and it'll like give you something suggested or something maybe no see i'm not in the loop uh as i was in my (laughs) olden days either olden days (laughs) how do they do it these days kids um yeah so we both uh obviously did not do our episode canceled Um, was our homework to watch porn That seems no, counterproductive. I don't, think, I don't think that that was a crucial <laughs> element, but I think my so my whole point in saying that is is like if they're recommending it to you and you not have like sought it out even yourself, right? Yeah. So like that, yeah, that type of exposure and the fact that that's like you said, there's more of a market, it's more accessible, and they're probably recommending it to people who weren't even like going there yeah. necessarily. Um, it, yeah, it is. It is scary. Yeah. The internet can't be regulated. That's the whole point like Mm -hmm. with any sort of regulation they try to put on the internet um and that's why like 4chan became 8chan like it's if they shut down something someone else will pop it up like you would get it all from this one site and then that site would get shut down so then you'd move to this site and then that site would get shut down and it and that's just how it works because that's just how the internet works because it's a free open source place where people can put whatever they want out out there there. and now with vpns and like you know, I can make a website in my basement and if anybody like in the government or someone looked at it, they'd be like, oh, this is a company in Denmark because they wouldn't be able to see because I can hide my IP address and like all this crap. So mm. that's why like the Internet, this this the black hole that I'm going to take out of the podcast. But it's I mean, that's yeah, it really is like you can't stop the Internet from having whatever the Internet wants to have on it because it's it's an open source, unregulated like it was created i don't think anybody understood what it was when it was created and we still like legally we work off most of our guidelines around the internet in this country are the same guidelines we put in place in like 1999 
think about what the internet was in 1999 compared to now and we've barely updated those laws so it's just yeah and that's that's people like are like freedom of speech i'm like kind of but like like facebook doesn't need to give you freedom of speech it's a fucking company like it's not the government uh yeah i will i can branch off on this for far too long and i already have so i apologize (laughs) um i digress (laughs) i digress but i i did want to throw in yeah so in short quit watching porn to learn things (laughs) watch it for healthy reasons um I did want to mention a few books and podcasts and stuff. Uh, Esther Perel, State of Affairs. I've talked about that book so many times on this podcast. And it is primarily about a relationship uh, after like an affair on one of the person's parties. But it also gives such an outstanding perspective on what the modern day marriage looks like and what those expectations are and how they can be curbed to be more realistic um, compared to like the previous version of a marriage which was like a land contract between two families um dr emily morris mentioned earlier his podcast called sex with emily highly recommend checking that out get learn all sorts of stuff in one episode and then just keep on listening um until you can say vagina without laughing uh i can't see it's too late all right (laughs) um and then dr jen gunter she is an OBGYN and author of the book, The Vagina Bible. Um, I've heard her as a guest on a number of shows and she's got so much knowledge and I like, I don't know where I stand in my justification of recommending this, but I recommend <laughs> all women read her book. Um, cause that's, it's just all about being in touch with your own body and knowing what you like and being comfortable with your own body. And, um, I think for both people going back to the beginning when I was talking about that, I think it's so important for you to be comfortable with yourself before you're going to ever be able to truly be comfortable with somebody else. So. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. That's my, that's my final thoughts. That. Final yeah. thoughts, Justin. But I think so many people like, they're like, my partner's supposed to know what to do. Let's go. Yeah. It's yeah. like, mm, that's not really how it works. Yeah, like most things, whether it's how you cook your grilled cheese or how you like to fuck, your partner doesn't know unless you tell them. Yes, or unless you know too, right? Global like theme, like, yes. Yeah, like you just, I, it's, you know, we cannot give to others what we can't give to ourselves. Like it is a really, and I know that maybe that's not universally always, always true, but like it's true in so many things. Oh, and yeah. this is one of those areas that like we have to be able to understand and give that to ourselves to like experience that with another person. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same page, Jenny, same page. Sweet. Well, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I feel like we got through a lot. Um, All right, you guys just listened to our special episode with licensed clinical marriage and family therapist Jenny Helms on sex and relationships. The first episode in a four episode series that we're going to be doing. And you can look for the next one and submit your questions, your comments, your feedback. Um, you can directly message me. You can send it anonymously. You can find me on Instagram at friend request pod. You can email Justin's friend request, J U S T I N S F R I E N D R E Q U E S T at gmail.com. And just let, let me, let us know what you want to know. And we're going to dive deep into 
the kind of main topics we touched on in this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it and got something out of it. And I will talk to you next time. Okay. Thanks for listening. I love you guys so much. You are amazing. Thanks for all the feedback you've been sending and the ratings. I love you. If you haven't, Apple Podcast, give it a five star. I love it. All right. I'll talk to you next time. Stay safe. I love you.